Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Late Night Sunday Sports Podcast. I am your host, Ian O'Brien. Last time we had the College Football God Podcast, as I like to call it, but now it is time for the Sunday Sports Podcast. So, how this one works, it's basically going to be close to an hour, I want to say, at least a little less, I hope. This is going to be me talking basically about NFL football, the games that we had today, recaps, previewing uh, Monday Night Football, uh, talking about the Sunday Night Football game that just happened between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys, which is a big battle for the NFC East and one of the most um, embarrassing conferences right now in the league. Then I will go back to the NASCAR race and talk about Martinsville, talk about the Xfinity 500. That race had a lot of things to it. Of course, the final round to make the championship four and the clutch moment that happened. So let's start with the NFL games. Let's start with NFL, we're at week number eight now, and this is where we see teams either really good and are happy and know that they're finally make the playoffs. We see some teams um, that are a little bit in the middle. You know, they're okay still, they're okay, but maybe they need a little more work. Then you see teams right in the bottom that are like, oh no, this is not going well. So let's start with the game that's going on right now, the Sunday night game. The Eagles against the Cowboys. The Eagles just had a scoop and score, basically, for a touchdown. They just had a scoop and score for a touchdown, and that was by uh, Rodney McLean, uh, 53 yards for a touch for a touchdown right there, scoop and score. The two-point conversion, however, the two-point conversion, I should say, was successful there. And because of that, it is now 23 to 9. In this game, they basically the Cowboys had Ben DiNucci starting as quarterback in for the injured Andy Dolan, who was out with a concussion. Andy Dolan, hopefully, I think Cowboy fans are, hope, are hoping that Andy Dolan comes back next week. As next week, the Cowboys are in fact going to be playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who are, who are undefeated and just got a big win against the Baltimore Ravens, their AFC North rivals. If I'm Dallas right now, you have to send out a prayer because these are not going to be some good weeks for you guys. You have Pittsburgh. You have Minnesota, who can compete with you really well, I think, uh, because especially that they have Dalvin Cook back and the day that he had against Green Bay. Uh, Washington, that's going to be a tough one for them because they just lost to the Red. They just lost to the football team. Dallas, I mean, they got Baltimore. Dallas lost Baltimore. Andy Dalton will play his former team, Cincinnati, if he's healthy enough. 49ers are up and down. You have the Eagles again and the Giants. These are not going to be an easy, this is not an easy schedule right now here for the um, Dallas Cowboys. So we'll have to see. What happens with them? All I know is that right now they're down 23-9 with under three, with about to be under three minutes to go here. By the time I upload this, it's probably going to be over. So we'll just say Philadelphia will probably get the win by a final score of 23-16. And I'll update you at the end if a score happens. Today, the New England Patriots are now 2-5 and five for the first time since probably... I want to say Pete Carroll was coach back in the late 90s. I could be I'm probably wrong on that. I didn't look up an informa- I didn't look up any info on that. 
Uh, if we look at the last losing seasons for the New England Patriots, I'm going to try and uh, find it real quick. The, the last losing season I'm predicting has to be late 90s when Pete Carroll was there because they were really bad. So let's see for New England as they lost 24-21 against the Buffalo Bills. So as we're going to look down the last... Here, okay, so here's the seasons. Uh, let's see, seasons. Let's see, let's see. They've been really good because of Tom Brady. And even when they didn't make the... Last losing season had to be 2000. Yep, okay, so the last losing season for the Patriots was 2000. That was Bill Belichick's first year. So I was a year off. But the year before that, if we go to the year before that, they end up finishing 8-8 eight and eight and 9-7, and seven, actually, when they had uh, Pete Carroll. I was close, though. I was kind of close with that. I said late 90s. I was just a little bit off there. It was 2000, and that's when they had Drew Bledsoe as their starting quarterback. If I remember, Tom Brady was just the third string coming out of Michigan, where he basically did not even run a four-flat. He was like five-something because he was so slow. But they are now two and five for the first time, basically since uh, that 2000 season right there. And I mean, all I gotta say is, my get, my God, <laughs> all I have to say is, um, well, now that <laughs> I mean, it's it's not looking good for New England right now. You know, uh, they had Cam Newton out with COVID. He came back. And he hasn't been playing up the par. Josh Allen didn't really have a good game, but he did have a nice little rushing touchdown for Buffalo. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of mad at myself for fantasy. I had Zach Moss, and he had 81 yards and two touchdowns rushing. And I'm upset that I didn't start him because I could have... I mean, I'm probably going to win, but he had 20 points, and I had him on my bench. So... Uh, Call me crazy, and someone please punch me in the face right there. <laughs> but the Bills end up winning 24-21. Uh, Cincinnati gives Tennessee their their second loss on the year. Tennessee, of course, lost to Pittsburgh. The Bengals are 2-5-1. Joe Burrow is so good. Let me just tell you that right now. He, is a, he has a bright future. He has been such a great rookie quarterback this year. And he has weapons, A.J. Green, he has T. Higgins, he has all those receivers. But the problem is right now, uh, you know, he also has Boyd too, that's another big one. But the problem is right now is that he doesn't have offensive line. You know, his center was Billy Price, and I think it may still be Billy Price in a way. I just don't think you're going to win with that offensive line. It's not good. You know, you're getting sacked a lot, you're under pressure a lot. And you're also being banged up a lot, too. So if I'm Cincinnati right now, if you guys get a better O-line, you know, this year's basically just another learning season. Don't fire Sack Taylor just yet. Learn from this. Get a better offensive line. Draft some better offensive linemen. Get some a free agency. And next year is Joe Burrow's year. For Tennessee, first loss of the se- I mean, second loss of the season. Should I be worried? No, I should not be worried right now. They've been playing really good. This is just, you know, it happens sometimes when you lose to a... When you get upset by a team like this, it happens. I would be worried mostly about Indianapolis, but that is your hardest games. But, like, you know, Houston, no, don't be worried about Houston. They're 1-6. Jacksonville's 1-6 as well. Both of those teams have no shot 
at this point, in my opinion. Unless they make some big comeback, they have no shot at making the playoffs. So Tennessee and Indianapolis is how it will be. The next one, Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders go into first entry stadium. They beat the Cleveland Browns 16-6. to um, First of all, Cutson Deo. You have to trade him or cut him. Because I'm tired every single time of seeing Sindeo miss tackles. He had one good tackle today. I'll give him that. But I've been tired of seeing him miss all these tackles. And the only reason why he's there is because he has ties with Kevin Stefanski. Besides that, he hasn't been, he hasn't been playing well. Baker Mayfield t- today, honestly. I know people look at box scores and say, wow, he played bad. No, he didn't. Baker Mayfield honestly played for the weather they was that they were in. He played decent. I'm going to say it right now, he was not bad in the weather weather that they were in. Problem is, though, you had guys like David Nachoku dropping passes. Uh, Kareem Hunt dropped a few passes, too. Uh, a lot of these Cleveland receivers were dropping some passes left and right, and it wasn't really going well. Uh, another one was Harrison Bryant. I think he dropped a pass, too. Uh, you had uh, just a lot of those guys dropping passes. I know Richard Higgins only had one reception. He was quiet throughout the day. They basically had him covered. Good defense by the Raiders uh, on the Cleveland Browns today. They played extremely well. Kudos to them. Kudos to that whole Las Vegas Raiders defense for doing some big things today. You know, they had a tackle for loss. They had 32 total tackles. They they did have one QB hit. On uh, Smith had a hit there, not a sack, but a QB hit. Basically a pressure when Baker threw it. That was big. And out of all of it, the defense for Las Vegas just played a lot, just played a lot better. Not so, and the Browns' defense, surprisingly... Now, here's the thing. This game, if I'm Las Vegas, though, it wasn't a good offensive performance. I'm going to say that right now. Josh Jacobs, yes, he looks real good. Derek Carr needs some work, though. But also, you guys had some touchdown. Yeah, you guys had a touchdown right hand to you, and they called it incomplete, where the foot was just on the white, uh, on the sideline in the back of the end zone. Called it incomplete. Well, to the side of the end zone. Incomplete. And then, you know, you guys basically uh, escaped escaped another touchdown where it was a good pass by Derek Carr. Don't get me wrong. Carr threw this pass good. He found Hunter Rev- Renfro for a four-yard touchdown, but in my opinion, he had no control of the ball, and the ball moved as soon as it hit the ground and moved a lot. It looked like it was incomplete, but they called it a touchdown anyways. It was bad. That was a bad call right there. The, these refs were not good. The NFL is so inconsistent with referees that at this point, it doesn't matter. It absolutely does not matter at this point. But the final score of that game was 16-6. Uh, next game, Cleveland falls to 5-3. and three. They have to somehow... Uh, get back to Baltimore and get back to Pittsburgh as much as possible. They have to keep up with them. They cannot fall behind because they're kind of falling behind a bit. The next three games, though, both teams, if the Eagles win tonight, they will combine all those teams for five wins. And that is the Texans, where they face after this bye week. They have a bye week, but then they face the Texans, which is, by the way, they face their former coach, Romeo Cornell. Uh, They face the Eagles, as I said, after that. And then the following week in November, they face the Jaguars. Going to to December, they have a big game against Tennessee. For Las Vegas, they have the L.A. Chargers. 
That's next week. Then they have the Broncos and Chiefs. So they have a lot of divisional rivals coming up here. They could they could beat the Chargers. Uh, they could probably beat the Broncos. And, you know, they beat the Chiefs one time. But I don't think they'll beat them again. I feel like Kansas City will get the better end of them in the next three weeks. But we'll just see what happens. That's going to be a long time from now. Uh, how about the Colts with a big win? And... You know, I talked about how Philip Rivers this year has been inconsistent. You know, he hasn't really been that great as we thought he would be at Indianapolis. Tell you what, he put up a lot of fantasy points tonight. He had like 24 fantasy points. I had him on my bench because I started Matt Ryan. F me, as they say. Just F me in the A, as they say. He had three touchdowns. I mean, the dude looked spectacular. That defense, again, is just so good for the Colts. They got me some points. They're just so freaking good. It's unbelievable. Um, Matthew Stafford I still had three touchdowns, but the Colts defense really did have a big game. You know, if you watch the game, you will have seen them have such an amazing game. They just look unbeatable. Yeah, Leonard that had a sack. Uh, Lewis had a sack. Atri had a sack. Uh, well, Audrey, Audrey, Audrey had a sack. If Atri, Audrey won the two. You know, they had a big sack there. They had five total sacks in that game. Just a big performance by the Colts. Bam, bam, bam. The Colts are, of course, tied with the with the Titans for first place right now in the AFC South. So that is really big for them. Next game was, of course, Minnesota. Again, an upset and much-needed win against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, that last play when he was trying to go for the Hail Mary. I don't know if you guys saw this, but his arm, I mean, took a big hit with his arm. I mean, a big hit. Just a big hit. I mean, he was, Aaron Rodgers was absolutely rocked on that last play. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but he was rocked. And that was by, I think, um, Wonham. Wonham that, uh, recovered, that ended up recovering that fumble that basically put the hit on him. Um, yeah, he put the hit on him. And then you had uh, Wilson that recovered the fumble, which was the game winner. And let me just tell you right now, final score, 28-22. Green Bay tried to get something going, and they just couldn't. Green Bay did have a lead a little earlier, and it was kind of back and forth over here. But you saw Minnesota pull away a bit, and the defense just held them. And Dalvin Cook, in his return, um, I mean, this dude was just unbelievable. With over 160 yards, 163 yards, might I add you, and three touchdowns. So a big one for him. 28-22, Aaron Rodgers had three touchdowns in that game as in this game as quarterback. Uh, that's pretty much about it. You had Defontae Adams. He had three he was he had basically three touchdowns receiving, all from Aaron Rodgers. Uh Kansas City Chiefs, do I even have to explain? They just wiped out the Chets. Chets are terrible. They're tanking for Trevor Lawrence, who is trying to not be with the New York Jets, and that's why he got tested positive for COVID-19. All jokes aside, the Jets are terrible, and Adam Gase needs fired. I mean, they should have fired him after week five. What are you guys doing? Why are you guys waiting till week 16? You guys are 0-8. And, 
You want to know your guys' next games? You want to know your guys' next games? Patriots, which honestly, maybe you guys might beat them, actually. I'm being, maybe I'm being a little too kind there. But Chargers, Dolphins, and Raiders, yeah, you guys are taking L's. I'm sorry. You guys are taking L's. Pat Mahone's had five touchdowns. Like, stop, man. Clyde Edwards, Clyde Edwards, Elaire, not Hilaire, it's Elaire. Only had 21 yards rushing, didn't matter with him, because Pat Mahomes just went off. Pat Mahomes looked like Uncle Rico right there, throwing the football to the mountains, as they say. I haven't watched Napoleon Dynamite in a while, but he looked like he was when he threw that thing right to the biker and it hit him. Uncle Rico with the pig skin, as they call it. That was so Uncle Rico and the Chiefs won 35 to 9. That's what we're putting it right there. And I'm not even gonna explain about the Chiefs defense. If you started started them on fantasy this week, good for freaking you. You got some big points. Here's a fun game. Tua's first start. So how about Tua's first start? Taco Fiola. Tua Taco Fiola. Fiola, as they say. Hawaii. Great Hawaii name. But Tua and the Dolphins went 28-17. Uh, Tua, just because it was a slow start, you know, he did have a touchdown. He, but mostly they went to the run game and they went to the whole defensive side for the, for the Dolphins. Really good defensive game for them. I mean, man, this defense stepped up. This defense really did step step up. I mean, Lawson had a sack. Ogba had, you know, you had Manuel Ogba that had a sack right there. Uh, yeah, this team was just really good all day long. This Dolphins team was really good. I thought they would struggle with Tua. Uh, Tua was decent for the most part. Yeah, he didn't reach 100 yards, but he did have a touchdown. Uh, good stuff for him. Congrats to Tua on his first win. Gaskin had a touchdown. Uh, all I would really say is for Tua, maybe I would just say, you know, he was mostly accurate. I'd just probably say if I was Tua that, you know, don't rely on your defense to make the plays all game. And take the game slow, too. Have fun out there. He probably was having fun, but he was also probably really nervous. And coming into this game, I thought the Rams were going to blow out the Dolphins. I thought Tua was going to play bad, but Tua... He wasn't good, I should say, but he also wasn't terrible. Usually some rookie quarterbacks will have like over 100 yards their first game. Tua didn't, but I think Tua will just get better this time. I just think, you know, he has to stay a little more calm, and he will be pretty much good over here. But besides that, mostly, you know, they it was a forced, it was basically the whole special teams and defensive side for the Dolphins. Tua really didn't have to do much anyways. Uh, Andrew Fan Ginkel had a 78-yard fumble recovery. Jakeem Grant had 88-yard punt return. I mean, what else do you want? Mal Gaskins, one-yard return. I mean, what else do you want from there? What else do you want? Good win for Tua and the Miami Dolphins. And I feel like Tua is only going to get better from here. As we said, the Steelers, 7-0. First time since the 70s. They won 28-24 at Baltimore, and Baltimore also was allowing at least, it looked to be 6,000 6, fans, 600 fans, by the looks of it, maybe a little bit more, but at least Baltimore and their governors allowed fans in the stadiums now. That's a great thing to see. Uh, the final game, I mean, the final score was 28-24. Man, are the Steelers something else? 
And they got Juju some fantasy points for me, too. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Juju's been struggling the last few weeks, although he did get 17 last week. But he hasn't really been the Juju that we know. So thank you, guys, for some big points. I really appreciate that. Yay! I'm going to clap now. Clap for me. The audience better clap, too, when they're hearing this. You hear the claps? Clap for my fantasy team because I'm winning this week. I'm going to go back to 500, 4 and 4. And who do and I think I have Team Ladners up next. And then this other Youngstown League that I'm in. And I'm gonna beat all of them. Fair and square. But anyways, final score is 24 in this game. It was back and forth. There were some fights happening over here. Uh, one of the Ravens players got ejected for punching, for basically pushing a ref. Uh, if I take a look at the I have the roster here real quick for the Baltimore Ravens. You know, it's somewhere around here. I'm gonna. I have the roster right with me over here. It was number 99. That I know for basically what happens that he was. He nearly hit. He basically hit a ref's arm. And that was Jadon Matt. Jadon Matthew by the looks of it. That looked to be Matthew Jadon by the looks of it. If I'm pronouncing that last right name right, or it could be Udon. Matthew Udon. Judon. I'm going to say Matthew Udon. Uh, it goes any other way, I'm pretty sure. But he was the outside linebacker that got ejected from this game for basically punching the ref's arm and then trying to go after that referee. You could be seeing him possibly suspended for a week in the league or maybe fined. How about the Denver Broncos, guys? You know, they haven't really they've been quiet all year, haven't really had much luck, but they have true luck back, and he had three touchdowns. He had a game-winning touchdown, too. I mean, guys, oh my goodness. The Chargers at one point were up 24-3. All of a sudden, True Lock turns into Patrick Mahomes over here. True Lock turns into the comeback king. He turns, he come, he's like, he comes back like he's Fence Young against the Cardinals in 2009, going 100 yards even though he didn't, but comes back 24-3 to win it by a final score of 31-30. What happened with the Chargers' defense? Did they just, like, go on vacation? Were they like Ohio State's defense from the second half against Penn State last night? What happened? What happened? What's going on, L.A.? What's going on with your teams, man? I thought you guys were supposed to be the best team, you know, the best state, the best city. This is, Lo this is you know, this is Los Angeles, man. But Denver in their cold weather, them Broncos were heated. They weren't cold. They were on fire. Drew Locke was on fire. I think he was listening to that uh, Wiz Khalifa or something like that. Or he was listening to Put On My City. Like that meme that they had that they had of him that one year. They had that meme, I think it was actually last year they had of Drew Locke. Where it's Put On For My City. Really good song. Very old song, actually. This game went to overtime, so there was a lot of things going on in this game. 26-23, overtime final. Saints beat the Bears. The Bears fall to 5-3, trying to rely on their defense again because their offense really was not getting the ball moving as much. Now, Nick Foles did, Nick Foles did have two touchdowns. One was, one was good. It was a 24-yard touchdown. The other one was just a little dink and dive. A little dink for three yards. 
Uh, but besides this, it was the whole defense of Chicago trying to hold that New Orleans offense. Led by Drew Brees, who once again passes Tom Brady, but Brady will probably get him Monday. So these two are just going back and forth, back and forth in the TD ratio over here. Ratio. Ratio. Trying to have that lisp, as they say. Ratio. The final score in that game was 26-23. Uh, great play by Drew Brees, as usual. Uh, Taysom Hill, too, gets his first touchdown of the season, first TD pass of the season. From Breeze, that's pretty cool to see as well. Taysom Hill, love watching him play. And then the final, and then, of course, Thursday's game was Falcons being Panthers, 25-17. But the final game for the for the uh, 4:25 uh, time, of course, we talked about Sunday Night Football already. We don't have to talk about that. So the final game before Monday night's uh, Buccaneers Giants was Seattle beating San Francisco. By 10, 37, 27, I mean, they were up big at one point. It was like, they were up big, and I just think, you know, they were up 37, and I think, I don't know if they put a second team in or what just happened. They had to, because there's no way, you know, I mean, look, San Francisco had two touchdowns, and Jimmy Garoppolo was, Jimmy Garoppolo was pretty much benched afterwards. Like, I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy G, um... I don't know what's been up with Garoppolo. You know, they didn't say anything really about Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I know he's been he's been injured a bit. I didn't hear any injury update. Okay, so yeah, he did actually exit in the fourth quarter again with another injury. But that's pretty much what happened. I thought it was a little injury. I was just making sure, fact, fact checking a bit. Uh, they don't know what the injury is so far. Uh, it could be possibly to his um, foot, possibly. Well, we'll have to see what it is. It might be a rip. Yeah, so Garoppolo has another ankle injury. Uh, it's just been a bad season for him so far. I don't know what else to say. Nick Mullins came in. He threw a touchdown. He threw a nice little tutty right there. Had over 100 yards, actually, but it just wasn't enough. And they were they were basically down. You know, they all exited in the fourth quarter with injuries. Uh, Kittle had problems, too. Nick Bowens had over... Nick Bowens had over 238 yards still, though. Like, what, bro? Like, Nick Bowens was on fire. Where did Nick Bowens come from? I want to know where Nick Bowens got all this stuff over here. He came in at QB at the beginning of the fourth and just, I mean, maybe they had their second team in a bit, but, you know, I didn't watch the full game and just saw some highlights, but still, good win for Seattle, even without Chris Carson. Yeah, they weren't without three of their backs, so Seattle basically won this game. Seattle won this game with their star running back being DJ Dallas, who, if you remember, went to Miami. And this dude, this is, I think, his, is this his first game? This, I think, yeah, this is his first game of the year, too, because all their backs were hurt. And, of course, as you remember, Chris Carson's out. So that basically means that they needed to rely on this man right over here. But, you know, as always, they could possibly just bring back Marshawn Lynch again. I mean, the dude's a free agent again. Like, the dude's always in retirement, then leaving, then coming out of retirement, then going back into retirement. 
I mean, you go, you know, the dude's old, but you could, you could just bring it back. Yeah, you could just, you could just bring him back. <laughs> I mean, why not? You know, he came back there in the final regular weeks of the 2019 regular season. I mean, the man could come. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe Marshall Lynch makes his next third comeback. Oh my God, that's un that's unreal. We'll see what happens. The final score was 37-27, and uh, Seahawks improved to six and one on the season. They next play the Bills. That should be a great game for the 49ers. Four and four. They'll play the Packers. Another tough game for them. We'll have to see what happens. Two tough game. That's a tough game. Right there for the 49ers. As the Seahawks are first in the NFC West, 49ers are in last with 4-4. Four and four. That's what happens when you have some really good teams. So, now that the NFL's uh, section's over with, well, I guess we'll just preview tomorrow's game a bit. Should we... Um, should we preview tomorrow's game, boys? Should we? Eh, why not? Buccaneers, Giants. You got Tom Brady. I think AB is also going to be playing tomorrow. I think this might be AB's first game, but I'll have to check. I'll have to uh, check on that. We'll have to see if uh, Antonio Brown. I think he is going to be playing tomorrow. We'll have to see how he does there. But you know, you have Jones as running back. You have Mike Evans there. You have Leonard Fournette. Um, you have Scotty Miller, who's been unreal. Of course, then you have to, on the Giants side, Daniel Jones. Um, you just have all the... Uh, of course, you do have Slayton. That's a bigger receiver, Darius Slayton. But besides that, I just feel like it's going to be a track meet. And this is going to go to the Buccaneers. I'm going to predict the score by a final of at least 27-13. to 13. I think Daniel Jones gets a touchdown. And I think the Giants also get two field goals. The line in this game is Tampa minus twelve. I feel like, I feel like uh, Giants will possibly cover. I just feel like that's going to happen. Actually, yeah, I feel like actually the Giants are going to cover. So now that the NFL section is over with, how about we talk a little bit about some NASCAR? So, Martinsville, the final <laughs> race to make the round of four, the championship. So much happening in this race. I mean, a lot happening in this race, especially those closing laps, where it was basically a battle between you had, uh, you had Chase Elliott, who had the lead. Yeah, you had Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Alex Bowman was up there, Kevin Harvick, and Brakislavski. That's who you had. That is who you had battling for this whole championship for. And in my opinion, did... Eric Jones have team orders from Joe Gibbs to not pass the 11 car. Yes. But if I'm Eric Jones, why do you follow those team orders? Why do you follow team orders from Joe Gibbs, the same man that fired you, and you're already going to Richard Payne Motorsports after Phoenix? You didn't make the playoffs this year. Yeah, nothing to lose. Why not take that spot? And have Kevin Harvick make the playoffs. Why not take that spot? And then Harvick, you know, he had nine wins on the year. He's trying to get in. He has to wreck Kyle Busch trying to get in. They both spin. Busch ends up crossing the start finish line. Harvick does not. Harvick misses the championship four. 
This is his first time missing it, I'm pretty sure, since... I think this might be his... Is this his first time? This might be... Let's see, made 15. Yeah, he made it all years. This might be his first time actually missing the championship four. We'll have to... Let's see Kevin Harvick's... I'm going to look up his standings. This might be, however, his first time that he's missed the championship four sent in his whole lifetime since this thing came about. Let's see. Let's see standings. Let's see standings. Okay, well, okay, my bad. Uh, 20... All right, 2016, my bad. But every other year, he has made the round four. So I'm just going to take a deep breath here. His first time that he's missed the championship four, though, I don't know what to say about it. I really don't. Um, do they change the format again? I have no idea. In my opinion, if I'm Steve O'Donnell, you have to do something. But we've, but at the same time, though, people have also been talking about this. But we remember the chase back in 2004. Johnson, Jimmy Johnson had eight wins. He struggled. For much of that second half of the season back in August, September, didn't win the championship that belonged to Kurt Busch who had three wins. So honestly, this has been happening for a while now. Casey Kane barely made the chase in 2006 where he won like five or six races. Finished 10th in the points because how bad he was in the chase. They're going to stick to this formula. They're going to stick to this formula because that's all they have now. They cannot go back to the old school chase. They stuck with this. They wanted this. They're going to keep with this for the next few years. But uh, it, it is what it is. You know, Kevin Harvick's eliminated. You have Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin all making the championship four. All right, so Jimmy Johnson. Let's move a little bit past the champions. Let's uh, move past them. You know, they're going to have their time to shine. Uh, Seven-time champ Jimmy Johnson, of course, last won his championship in 2016. He now is going to be racing in his final ever NASCAR Cup Series race, ending his 18 to 20-year fender in NASCAR. Of course, we know him. He won, I think it was Chicagoland 2001 or something like that uh, in the Xfinity Series. We knew him also for that crash that same year. And it looked like he was down and out, but then he had an emotional first career win at California, thanks to car owner Jeff Gordon and also car owner Rick Hendrick of Hendrick Motorsports. Now, he retires. He's going to move on to IndyCar, part-time, racing the road course races. And it's going to be fun to watch. I think he's going to do an amazing job. Of course, he is with uh, Chip Ganassi Racing, Scott Dixon as his... Nice little teammate who is time IndyCar champion as well. Really good IndyCar champ. Uh, he won the 2008 Indianapolis 500, I think it was. And pretty much besides that, I mean, it's been really, really good for Jimmy Johnson. It's been, it's been a great opportunity for him in NASCAR, and he's going to have a great opportunity as well here in... Uh, IndyCar. I think he'll do good there. And he's going to be, of course, as I said, paired up with Scott Dixon, who has had an amazing IndyCar career so far. Jip Ganassi racing. I mean, what more do you want? The dude. The dude knows what he's doing. The dude knows 
what he is doing. And no, I I meant 2008 champion. I didn't mean the I didn't mean Indianapolis 500. I meant 2008 champion in a way right there. My bad. I meant 2008 champion. I was talking about his championship that I suddenly moved to Indy 500 when I'm talking about his uh his championship run. I merely go because you know Indy car and championship just fits together in a way. You know, it just fits together in a way like that. So, I mean, that that's why I was kind of uh, talking like that. You know, I mean, I, I didn't mean it to be, you know, about Indy 500 or anything like that. Uh, he's, I well, he technically did win an Indy 500. It was, oh, yeah, 08, so, you know, I'm kind of right there anyways. I think I was kind of second-guessing myself a bit there, too. <laughs> um, but, you know, besides that, honestly, I'm, been a really really good um season uh for jimmy johnson so yeah i was right about the scott dixon thing him win the indy 500 i think it was 08 um i hope i'm still right on that unless i was reading it wrong but i'm pretty sure i'm positive on that i know it's written down over here somewhere too i'm gonna just roll my gut and say that maybe he uh, did in a way, now, I, I, I don't know if he did, oh, man, I mean, I, I think, yeah, okay, yeah, I won it, okay, <laughs> I, you know, it's hard to tell sometimes with me, because looking at stuff, I want to make sure everything's real, like, a fact, and, you know, you can't trust the site nowadays, so honestly, I think I'm, like, wrong sometimes, and I don't want to be wrong most of the time, oh, man, uh, but, yeah, that's about Jimmy Johnson right there, and good luck. Good luck, my man. So how about, and his crew chief, Jack announced too, is also going to be in his final race as crew chief before moving to a bigger management role at Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, as they promoted him, he spent 16 seasons as a full crew chief, or as just a crew chief in general. And now he's moving to a bigger role. That should be really good for him. I think he's going to be doing real well in this role. And William Byron will be once again paired up with another crew chief. William Byron's like Baker Mayfield right now. <laughs> William Byron started in 2018, okay? He had Darian Grubb. I think he had someone else too for a bit that year. Uh, he also had... He had Jack Kanowski, yeah, he had Jack Kanowski, and now he has another guy, and this is, of course, a um, truck series crew chief former, he's for KBM, and Rudy Fugel, or Fugel, Rudy Fugel, Fugle, Fugle, Fugel, let's see how you pronounce it, I, th I think it's definitely one of those, I'm pretty sure it's like, Full, it's it's something like that, yeah. It's Fulg. It's Fulg. That's I'm just gonna say Fulg because that's that's what it says. So Rudy Fulg will be working with William Byron next season in 2021. Um, Byron, you know, it was a breakout year for him. He did have one Daytona, and it was a win to make the playoffs. But besides that, I don't see William Byron. Staying much in Hedrick Motorsports anymore. I think his time is going to be up soon. Because he's just not that good. 
He's a decent. He's average. I should, I should say he's bad. He's average. He won the race real well, but didn't really do anything. You know, what I mean, he had to win the race to make it in the playoffs. After that, look at the split. Nothing. He wanted to get a Big Mac. And he wanted to get the Travis Scott burger and McDonald's after that. Uh, but anyways, that's going to be the end of this broadcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the Sunday Sportacular edition. That's going to be the new name now, Sunday Sportacular. I'm your host. I'm your host, Ian O'Brien. Thank you guys for, you know, you can catch this again on Anchor.com. Uh, be sure this maybe will be uploaded to YouTube channel too. Why not? So you guys can hear my horrible voice. That's meant for radio. <laughs> I'm kidding. My voice is kind of, my voice right now is a little sore, but it's okay. I sound like, I'm going to sound like a grandma right now. Uh, this is Grandma O'Brien doing the show. Grandma OB. This is Grandma OB doing the show, everyone. And I will see you guys. I'm kidding. I'll see you guys later. But as always, everyone, um, once again, just before I leave, stay safe, you know. And let's, you know, we, we have Tuesday for election. And, you know, go vote. It's your opinion. I'm just going to say it right now. Your opinion. I don't care if you, who you vote for. And, you know, whoever wins presidency, at least let's respect them as a president. And love our country. Thank you guys. Have a good night.